Hello, and welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read all of the books. And I am Mandy Kay, your host who is now reading Shadow and Bone for the very first time. This week, we are talking about chapters 12 through 17. The same number of chapters as we've read in previous episodes, but uh, many more pages. Many more pages, and so much happened. So much did happen. Um, Before we jump in, I did want to take a quick moment and uh, say something about our format because I realized now that we're halfway through the book, um, we are doing these episodes a little bit differently than we did our show episodes because we are assuming that the people who are listening to this have already seen the show and have either already read the book or are reading with us. So we're not recapping specifically what happened because then it would kind of be the same as our show episodes right yes so (laughs) I just wanted to point that out now that we're halfway through this read-along that you know our format is a little bit different yes we we decided to go a different way so that we weren't basically just repeating ourselves exactly exactly I think is fair yeah and there's you know there's a lot of stuff that happened this week and a lot of things that are similar but a lot of things that are different it's interesting because so. I don't even really notice the things that are different. I, really? Yeah, because I'm be- because you're so used to the book. That yeah, this is just what was supposed to happen. Yes, I notice the things that are the same because I'll be like, "Oh, they did that pretty pretty much the same," and that sort of thing. Right. But I don't even like it. Doesn't even bother me that things are missing and or different and gone or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, in these chapters, it was the winter fate. Alina finds out who the Darkling really is. And Mal is back. Yay? I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yes. So, <laughs> welcome to book Mal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's 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 talk about Mal closer to the end, because that's when he shows up again. But, yeah, Mal's back. For me, what these chapters really encompassed a lot of is Lee Bardugo's ability to write just amazing lines of dialogue or whatever. Just really good, just thrown in there like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. And I marked a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. I only marked two specific quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will agree there were some that there – she just has a way with words. Yes. Um, like sometimes I'm reading it and I'm like, wow, this is really kind of fluffy. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll get to a line and I'm just like, wow, that makes me stop and think. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's That was exactly what I was trying to say. That it's kind of just this fluffy read, but every now and then she'll write something or, or do something. I'll just be like, whoa. Yeah. Um, well, actually, you know, my very first thing is actually one of those quotes for me. Okay. So, you know, we talked about last week, we keep talking about how the way they showed the testing in this show is different from how it was in the book. Mm-hmm. And... This is the week that we actually get to see what happened when Alina was tested. Yeah. Um, And apparently it was a memory that Alina had mostly just suppressed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And she remembered it this week. And it's part of the section where they're talking about why she's so sickly. And I I don't even know all the words to describe how she is when she's just not herself. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, the quote is, when she's talking about it, she said, I'd used up every bit of myself to keep that secret. Yeah. And that just made me stop and, and think, 
like I can relate to that in other ways. Obviously, I'm not a Grisha t- trying to <laughs> suppress my inner power, but what? there have been times in my life where I have tried to suppress my identity because I wanted to I wanted somebody to like me and I didn't think they would like me. You know, just just things like that. Um and she did it for a guy, basically. For Mel. And she she absolutely did do it for a guy. I don't buy that she did it for a guy, like for a romantic guy even though she's clearly in love with him, because she started doing it when they were so young. Yeah. She did it for family, not for a guy. No, agreed, but it's just interesting that it um, is a man. It is a man, well, absolutely. A boy at the time, but yes. And I don't know, it just, it hit me, that phrase. I'd used up every bit of myself to keep that secret. And I love that she sees it and she recognizes it. And as soon as she does, she can let it go mm-hmm. and start, becoming who she is yes right we talked a lot on the show about how it it was a lot about identity Mm -hmm. and clearly the book is too but they did it in two very different ways and I like both of them I do too uh my first line that I marked off is a little bit before that well there's actually two there's we get the darklings rather famous you and I are going to change the world Okay. And that is important to remember for the future. And it says a lot about his character, I think. Well, it does from future books perspective. It's a good Mm -hmm. line. And also, like, comparing to the show, I remember when they released their very first teaser trailer, which was just the stag and a crow flew by and you saw, like, a brief flash of Alina and the Darkling's voice saying, you and I are going to change the world. And it was so good. Oh, I bet that gave you so many feels. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know anything about the future books. I only know the show, mm-hmm. like, so far. I don't know the end of this book yet. But even even knowing what I know, like, he's not lying. It's also just a really manipulative thing to say to her, like, because she thinks about it later after yeah. she knows, and, and she thinks back on all the things that he said, and she's just, and how he manipulated her so well. And I, I like the, it's a really well-written line, and that whole conversation mm-hmm. is really good for that. Oh, yeah. He is absolutely a master manipulator. Yeah. And then, so after that conversation, which is when he first tells Alina about the stag amplifier, and she's reading about amplifiers, uh, there's a line where it says, like, another philosopher wrote, why can a Grisha possess but one amplifier? I will answer this question said, what is infinite? The universe and the greed of men. Mm. That one's good. I like that one. Yeah. There's definitely some good one-line nuggets in here. Um, and after after all of those things happen, wow, my notes are not super great here. Like, my notes are in chronological order from when I was reading, but it's just, like, tiny little little things. I, I There's decided, no rhyme or reason. <laughs> I decided not to take notes this week and just marked pages with things that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Well, so that's what I do. I don't take notes while I'm reading. I bookmark the pages in my nook. Uh, and then I go back to the pages I bookmarked and I write down, like, what I was thinking or whatever when I read it or gotcha. what I'm trying to call attention to. Um, so the next thing for me was um, Bagras had some foreshadowing when her and Alina were training. This is after Alina is started to get her strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bagra's still telling her it's not good enough. And Alina says... Sometimes I felt like there was a shadow in Bagra's words, a second meaning she wanted me to understand. Yeah. 
And, like, it almost seems like such a throwaway line because she follows that up with, but, you know, I had too much to do to worry about the secrets of a better old woman, right? And then we just jump right back into her struggling and trying to master all of this stuff. But coming on the, you know, like, right before we find out the reveal about the Darkling, like, that's such a great little nugget to be dropped in that could so easily be ignored or forgotten. Yeah. And uh, Bagger has a lot of good lines in this section. She also has that one. Uh, where she says, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being a lizard unless you were born to be a hawk. Mm, yeah. But that that's that was a bit ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll, I think there's a lot of good beggar foreshadowing in this one. Because she also has that line, or it's not her. It's when Alina's talking to the Darkling about uh, Moritz of a stag. And Alina says something like, oh, beggar doesn't believe it's real. And the Darkling kind of turns that off and doesn't say anything about that. And we know that she does believe it's real. So it's interesting that he didn't just lie and say, no, she doesn't believe it. But instead, he just didn't answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's good at that. Like he he doesn't outright lie Mm -hmm. often. He twists the truth or he withholds the truth or he uses words that have double meanings. Uh, He's had a lot of time to practice. Yeah. I also really like how, and you know, we talked about this a little bit last week too, how the book focuses so heavily on the physical changes in Alina mm-hmm. from before she has her breakthrough and after, and they call attention to it and the other Grisha call attention to it too. Like there's a whole section on, you know, there were rumors about what was wrong with her and how she got cured. And um, I thought that was interesting. Right, that she had to drink some of the Darkling's blood or something. <laughs> right, yeah. Some feared and curse or virus or something. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was interesting because it was definitely not that big of a plot point in the show. Yeah. And I guess we never really hear about any other Grisha being able to hide their power the way she did. Yeah. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder if that's why they changed it a little bit also for the show because she did hide it but she hid it like it wasn't a subconscious yeah this isn't who I am it was I don't know if this is me or not but I'm gonna do something that makes it so that it couldn't possibly happen right so and I wonder if if that's part of why they changed it just because they didn't explore so much of what's going on I don't know a lot of it is in her head and it's Mm -hmm. difficult to get that in people's heads in a video format a video format you know what I mean yeah no actually I guess that's probably true too because you can't really see her pushing the calling inside of her down yeah so they had to make it more tangible and visible that makes sense okay I also found it interesting that Jenya does we do get the warning from Jenya here be be careful of powerful men Mm mm-hmm but before that, she explicitly warns Alina against the Darkling. Yep. Um, and that did not happen in the show. Did it? No. No. She just okay. sort of gave her the vague, uh, you know, be careful of right. powerful men. And um, it, it wasn't even necessarily in the context of the Darkling because she was talking about the king more specifically in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. It was only later in the show when Jenya's like, I tried to warn you, and Alina remembers, oh, yeah, you said be careful of powerful men, mm-hmm. right? Like, contextually, in the show, it didn't come across as being about the Darkling at all until later when you know what you know, right? 
here she specifically is telling Alina, you know, we're all drawn to him. We can see that you're drawn to him and you need to be careful because he's not like us. And I found that very interesting. Mm -hmm. I also really enjoyed how Jenny said she would totally tap that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) She was just like, yeah, absolutely. I would. But I would not let feelings be involved. Right. (laughs) Just (laughs) that was great. Yeah. I like Jenya. I do. I still do, knowing what I know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't fault her very much for what she does. I'm really but. excited for you to see the rest of Jenny's journey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We get the Winter Fate, mm-hmm. um, which is a much smaller part of the book than it was in the show. Yeah, I can see where they wanted to make a big spectacle in the show, though, and show off all their costumes and stuff. Yeah. Well, and so they actually they co- kind of combined two things Um because what happened in the show was Jenya and Alina go out and explore, you know, kind of what's happening at the fate. And Alina gives us that offhand comment of, it's like Butter Week. Oh, yeah. But she never got to go to Butter Week. Yeah. And in the book, we actually get Butter Week. Yeah. Um, which is her, because her and Jenya don't go out at the Winter Fate, but her and Mal do Butter Week. And so, like, they combined those two things, which I thought was interesting. I, I, I mean, it was a really great way to do it. Yeah. I like to... When they threw in that line about Butterweek in the show, I genuinely thought that was just like a, oh, we can throw in this line from the book kind of thing. Mm, yeah. But I, I like, I understand why they had to make the Winter Fate bigger because that's where they brought in Kaz yeah. and Inej and Jesper. And so it was definitely a very different experience going through all of that without them because they're so good and I miss them. I I see for me I don't really miss them cuz this is the story right as yeah. it always has been for me and I know I can pick up six of crows anytime I want and they're there right. my favorite yeah. characters. <laughs> I do love though how they wove those characters into this story and still managed to tell the same story without changing a lot of the through lines. Yeah. They did a really good job. Yeah. Um, I will say the fate does have another one of my favorite lines where Jenya and Alina are talking and Jenya says too much champagne. And Alina says, maybe. And Jenny says, silly girl, there's no such thing as too much champagne. And that is just <laughs> how I generally live my life, you know? Oh. I don't like champagne, so. Oh, okay. I just don't like the way that it tastes. That's fine. Maybe I've not had good champagne. I don't know. More but... for me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I you suppose. can have mine. Absolutely. <laughs> don't like champagne. Just, this is, this oh, is, I feel like I just disappointed you. <laughs> it's not disappointing. No, no, I'm. I try very hard not to be uh, a wine snob, uh, despite my upbringing. So, well, to be fair, I me. don't like much wine anyway. So, oh my god. <laughs> if I'm gonna drink wine, I do want it to be like sparkly, and really fruity and really sweet. That's what I thought you were going to say. I think is why I don't like champagne because champagne is not sweet. You can find some sweet one. Okay. Well, I have never tried one. But so. I, I despise the sweet ones. They're so gross. <laughs> so that's funny. Um, yeah. But yes, moving on. Back to the book. Um, I didn't take down any notes on this part, but I know that it's after this that we get the kissing. Right. Yes. So actually, this had some stuff that, well, one line in particular, or one conversation, I guess, that I was upset didn't make it into the show, which is during their, the conversation that the Darkling and Alina have while they're making out. And he says, the problem with wanting is that it makes us weak. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good line and very indicative of their relationship and how it's going to go forward from here. Mm. 
Yeah, that whole conversation that they had, like, where she recognized he was angry, and he's not angry at her. He's angry at himself that he desires her in that way. Yeah. Like, that dynamic was not in the show. No. Like, they just, it was, you're hot, I'm hot, we're going to be hot together. Yeah. Um, until you betray me, right? So I, I like that dynamic, and I like that they were both self-aware enough to recognize what was happening. Yeah. In that moment. Um, but, yeah, it was, it's a good line, you know, that wanting makes you weak. I just like that look into how, because right after that you learn that he has been manipulating her. But because mm-hmm. they have that conversation, you're not quite sure where the manipulation ends. You know, like, does he really want yeah. her? Does he not? Was that conversation part of the manipulation? Was it not? See, I think based, okay, based on the show, since that's really all I have is <laughs> the show and what we've read so far, mm-hmm. I think he does really want her. And if she had agreed, if she had thought like him, like, they would have been partners. Like, he would have loved her, and he would have, like, I mean, if she had ever gone against him, he would absolutely subdue her and control her and everything. But I think that had she been on board with his plan, Mm -hmm. he would have been all over that. They would have ruled the world together. Yes, 100%. I I think that, too. Yes, absolutely. But I wonder, uh, I I guess it makes you think about all what his motivations are going forward. Is it just that he wants her so that he can use her? Her her power, or is it that he wants her for her? Mm. Why is he so angry? Is it because he couldn't have her, or is it because he couldn't have her power? I don't know. It's interesting character stuff for him. Yeah, okay. I'm looking forward to getting more of him in season two. Yes. So next we get the scene where she finds out from Bagra what's going on. Bagra oh, comes to... But before oh. that, very different from the show, is she and Mal have an angry conversation. Oh, yeah. She sees Mal in the palace grounds or whatever, and they cut that out of the show. They cut out a lot of the angry Mal, and they just had him be, like, all in for Alina. Yeah. Yeah, it it makes sense. I mean, because she – I mean, his anger makes sense, Mm -hmm. right? Because he feels the same way she does. Like, he's like, I've been writing her, and – I haven't heard from her, and she's just been living it up here in the palace. Like, it totally makes sense. It's one of those stupid situations where if they would just talk to each other, everything would be fine. I said they're just going to be mad. In this particular case, I don't hate it because I do usually hate that trope, but I don't hate this one because other people have been working to have right. them, you, you know, have been manipulating them mm-hmm. so that this they have this miscommunication. And it doesn't, and like Mal still goes to find her right away when he knows that mm-hmm. she's left. So it doesn't really last. You know, it's not the whole plot of the book. Right, right. Yeah, I think I blocked that part out that they had this angry <laughs> conversation. Because I don't, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Um, so yeah, after the angry confrontation, um, when uh, Alina's like, "Well, okay, gotta let that go." Uh, immediately after that, Bagger comes to get her and tell her that the Darkling yeah. has been betraying her, and you have to leave. Um, this has been a night of highs and highs and lows for Alina. Absolutely, absolutely. I, what I find interesting here is another departure that the show takes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show, Alina listens to Bagra and leaves, but doesn't follow Bagra's instructions and goes a different way. Right. And here, she just follows Bagra's instructions to get out. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. Um, 
I mean, I can only assume that's because that's the only way they could get her into Jasper's carriage, maybe. I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense because, like, in the book, she went out to where the carriages were and the plan was for her to get in one and yeah. leave, right? So it, they could have still done that. So I don't know why they wanted to make her not trust Bagra, too. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to show her having some more independence or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But then it makes you think, would she have gotten away better if she had followed Bagra's suggestions mm. yeah. in the show? Yeah. And then, of course, time is completely different in the book than it is in the show because yeah. it takes her a couple weeks mm-hmm. um, to get to the point where she runs into the soldiers and they're chasing her and that's where Mal finds her. And it didn't take that long in the show. Uh, so back to the conversation with Beggar, though, I did just want to say another really great line here um, when Alina is sort of denying what's happening. And Beggar says he is ancient. He's had plenty of time to master lying to a lonely, naive girl. Aww. That's good. There's also a moment in that conversation where Beggar talks about before he gave up his name. Yes. And... Reading that line made me realize why them giving him a name so soon, like in episode two or three of the show, Mm -hmm. was so odd. Because it's clearly in the book, it's a thing that he doesn't have a name. Yeah. Yeah, we don't hear it until book three, I think. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He is just the Darkling. Yeah, they don't even call him the Darkling in the show, do they? They do occasionally. They do occasionally. And... I, I think they, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the show. An excuse to rewatch, I suppose. But I feel like, <laughs> I feel like they, they call him the general the most of the time. The general or General Kerrigan, yeah. But I feel like the Darkling, they use that to refer to the Black Heretic. And so when Alina found out he was the Black Heretic, then it was used for him a little bit. Because mm. I know she calls him that in like her final voiceover at the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. I, rem- I remember that specifically, but I don't remember when that started. Wait, okay. So I forgot that he was General Kerrigan. So he had that name too. So did you, is Kerrigan not even until book three? There is no, he's never called Kerrigan in the books. Oh, yeah. so that was completely for the show. That okay. was completely for the show. In book, in the last book, in Rule of Wolves, there was like a little thing put in that would kind of explain that. Okay. That 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 would kind of explain that the like it was a real throwaway little bit in book seven because obviously the plot has moved on, but they they do make like a, a line because there is a Duke Ker- Kerrigan or a Duke account. There is a nobleman named Kerrigan in the later books. And so when it was announced that he was being called Kerrigan in the show, everyone got very suspicious of this character. Oh, okay. And so it was it was interesting. Okay. All right. Well, then we have the same bit where Alina's, you know, wandering on her own. She's deciding at this point to go. She's going to cross the fold. Yeah. Like that's what she wants to do. She's trying to get to the fold to cross the fold. And I feel like that never happened in the show. In the show, she kind of always knew she was going to go after the stag, didn't she? No, I think she, I, when she left, I just don't think she had a specific. Uh, or maybe it was after she met up with Mal and realized he knew where the stag was. That's when she decided to go after it. Yeah. But well, the, in the in the book, it's Mal who decides. Yeah. Yeah. I do not like that. Oh, really? I do not like that he's the one who has to get her to go after the stag. Like, I want her to know her power, want her power, and own her power. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't like that she didn't hear. It's really hard not to say future things to you. <laughs> like, really hard. Sorry. That's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other the other Mao thing that I didn't like here, um, again, it's angry Mao. Um, yep. He complains about her appetite instead of t- saying it's good to see her with one. To be fair, like, I think that was a little bit more like teasing. It, it didn't come across as teasing to me because he was just angry. He was grumpy. And I don't know. He's not my Mal from the show. Right. <laughs> I like my Mal from the show. So, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's what I got. I liked the, the, the joke about the role after they had to fight. He gets to see her fight, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, because she can, you know, hold her own now. Yes. Um, so I, I did like the joke, though, where he's like, that better be a hell of a role. And then they agreed that it was, even though it was all Lenti and Chris now. And Yeah, that was good. And it was nice to see them laughing together. Mm-hmm. A little bit of, like, probably what they were like when they were kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting because here in the book, she immediately tells him about the Darkling. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the show... They didn't explicitly do that. And on one of the episodes, I asked you, I said, do we know what he knows yet? Because they haven't talked about it. Oh, right. Because they did it off screen. They did it off screen. And then she, there was in the next episode, he, there was a little bit more specifically whenever they get closer to the stag and she's telling him about the amplifier. Yeah. Um, so I like that we did get to see that conversation that even though they're clearly kind of angry with each other, she trusts him enough to immediately tell him. Mm-hmm what's going on because in god in so many other books she would have kept it to herself because she didn't want him to get hurt and blah blah blah. right yes and they didn't do that and i liked it i liked i liked it also yeah i I like that you can immediately when they're back together like even if they're angry at each other you can see that they are on each other's side yes and that's that that's good to a degree i mean i don't really like Mal. i know you don't like Mal. i wonder if i had met sorry if i had met book Mal first I might feel the same way that you do, but show Mal just stole my heart. So Gotcha. I will say, like, we don't really get much of Mal in this book, mm-hmm. right? Like, way less than we get of him in the show. And I do think he does get to book Mal, uh, to show Mal, sorry, book Mal, Mal gets to that. It just takes him a lot longer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because in the show, we get to see his side of things. We get to see how hard he's working to try and get to Alina. Yeah. And we don't get any of that in the book. And so it makes it hard to know the character. Yes. But I uh, I wouldn't say that is on purpose because obviously she wrote the book in first person. So she had no right. other choice. Absolutely. But it, I do think it creates an opportunity, almost the same that I was saying for like Maria and Nadia. Like the, it creates somewhere for them to go. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, and with Zoya also, because in the show they... They made her much nicer, or not just much nicer, but they made the almost friendship between them happen a lot, a lot faster. And they had people hate Jenya less, and or not hate, but look down on Jenya less, and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And it's, I like that we're seeing where in the book where people start, so that you can see a very clear difference to where they end up mm-hmm. in their yeah. in their yeah, relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we ended. I feel like this chapter, this last chapter, 17, like kind of ended right in the middle of a story I wanted to keep reading. It was yeah. so hard to stop. But I did. I did. I stopped. But there's only five more chapters in an epilogue to go. So we are almost done. Yeah. We only have one episode left. Right? Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Next week, we'll be done with the book. 
crazy. So I'm guessing then we're going to get the showdown between Alina and the Darkling. There's something that happens in the book that did not happen in the show, and I'm very interested to see your thoughts on it. Okay. I guess we'll find out about it next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And cool. just um, for book readers out there, uh, Mandy didn't bring it up, so I couldn't. I wanted but, to, obviously. Did I miss something that is important? But you don't know it's important until it's later? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, well, it's not... <laughs> I. It's not it's anything you have to be sorry about. I just... If you'd brought right. it up, I would have maybe said something, but you didn't, so I can't. Okay. All right. One day I'll find out what that's about. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised you didn't. Well, not surprised, but like... It's a difference in the book than there was in the, than it was in the show, but you didn't mention it. So. Okay. Uh, and then before we sign off, I just wanted to mention that we've gotten a couple emails from people. So one from Libby, who wrote us a very long, very nice email, chock full of spoilers. I really can't address any of it with Mandy. <laughs> one day, one day. <laughs> It's really good. It's really great. I loved reading it. I do want to say that at the end um, of the email, you did ask uh, that, you know, she left the ending of Rule of Wolves a little open-ended and that she would be keen to explore all her characters in the Grishaverse and their stories. And then she asked, you know, what would be one of the characters I'd be interested in her exploring or you as well. And then she listed some people that she would be interested in in exploring more. And I agree. Yes, more, more from that area of the world that would be great but also as you know the ending of rule of wolves really set up like another thing (laughs) sorry mandy um it's fine it's fine it's fine and i i want that i want that so bad i like the idea of um (sighs) shit um sorry i'm trying to think of how to phrase this it's not even like the idea of okay okay let me see if I can say this. So the, the the character that is mentioned in the very last line of Rule of Wolves, that character, with the one who is currently on a ship and the one who occasionally has a ship, plus the one that is, you know, uh, trapped, stuck, whatever, those four characters, that story with the four of them, I'd be very interested in. I'm proud of myself I, for that. I, I got hope, nothing. So. I hope, yeah. <laughs> I hope you know who I mean about the ship characters. I really want the two ship characters to go together doing fun things because I think that would be the best. And then they both have to like go home sometimes to their love interests. That would be so good. Oh, my God. Give me six books of that. (laughs) Yes, but there's so much more in this email, but I'm just like, I can't. It's too it's too difficult with Mandy. Even even that little bit, as you saw, was very difficult. But we got a very another very nice email from somebody who has not read the books. So perfection for our podcast here. Uh, so this is from, oh, I'm going to butcher your name because it's French. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to go with Mathilde. And she said some nice things and excused her French, which is it was fine. Your email was perfectly understandable. But she just had some questions for, like, things she wanted clarification on from the show for somebody who hasn't read the book. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want. I will give you all the things. So (laughs) first question, what is the purpose of the first army, like, which is near the fold? 
so f- the purpose of the first army, <laughs> that's a difficult question. Because when you have a Grisha army, you do kind of think, why do you need men with guns if you have, you know, magic users who can summon fire and lightning and stuff? And I think it's kind of a lot of different things. One, the Grisha are kind of snobs, and they like the uh, non-Grishas to die for them. God, ain't that the truth. So there's that. and But I also think it's important that the king doesn't want the Darkling to be in charge of the only army. Mm-hmm. And I think... And the second army is relatively new. So they well, are... and they're... Yeah. Sorry. No, you go. They... I mean, and they did have a moment in the show where the the colonel of the first army was talking about how since the advent of the guns and the guns are becoming more technologically advanced, it takes um, more Grisha to fight. Like it used to be one Grisha was worth a hundred men and now they're only worth like 20, right? Because the guns and the other countries are using the guns against them. So they kind of needed to respond in kind. Yeah. So that's that. And then the other question she asked is, how did the Darkling and his mother survive centuries? And I guess maybe this wasn't very clear in the show. And that's when you, uh, all Grisha live longer than regular people because they're when they use their power, it doesn't cost them. It feeds them, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more powerful they are and the more they use that power, the longer they live. And the Darkling and... Begra are basically the most powerful Grisha that have ever lived. And we go more into their backstories later. Mm. But yeah, so they're just so powerful and they have they have so much of the Grisha uh, power that it's kept them alive and kept them looking young for centuries. Yeah. I think I it, it felt clear to me in the show about why Kerrigan was still alive, but it wasn't as clear about Bagra still being alive. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously she's never done anything as powerful as create a fold. Because she's right? chosen she not to. Right. But so she hasn't used her power as much as he has. And so it right. just seemed, it does seem a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but for plot reasons, they needed her <laughs> to still be alive. Well, it's also important, like, it's not just... Um, using or not using your power, it's hiding and not hiding your power. So like Alina was sickly because she was pushing it down, pushing it out of her basically and not letting it be a part of her. Mm-hmm. And we we maybe, it's kind of implied in later in another book that we see another Grisha who is doesn't like using their power, doesn't like that they're Grisha and that they have an illness too, but it's completely different. And it's r- really interesting to explore how that goes. Okay. Okay. And then um, ba, 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 another question. Je- oh, she just mentioned that she didn't quite understand the story of Inej and Jenya. So I can, I'll go a little bit into their backstories that aren't um, spoilery here. So Inej was basically uh, kidnapped when she was 14 by human traffickers and sold to a brothel where she was forced to sleep with men who wanted to pay the brothel for her. And when she was a bit older, and they don't really go into this in the show, um, but Kaz found her and arranged for her to work for the gang instead of uh, being forced to uh, sleep with men. And that is sort of where Inej starts her story in the show. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different in the book, 
but we don't need to go into that, I guess. And Jenya is a corporal Kai who, when she was young, showed an affinity for, I guess you could call it a kind of form of healing, but she can take physical things in the world and use them to manipulate the way people look. And it's called tailoring. And that was something that not many people can do. And she is very, very good at it. And so the Darkling said, great, the queen is vain and will want you with her. And I need you to spy for me on the king and queen is basically what happened there. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an Asian genia. Bef- pre the show, pre the books. Yeah, that's how they get to where they started. Yeah. For us. Uh, Mintel had a, a lot of nice things to say about some of the other characters. And it was a good email. Thank you. And that's that. All of the emails that we get are great. We do get some very good emails, yes. I mean, I don't actually get to read any of them because of spoilers, but Caitlin tells me about each and every one of them, and I love hearing about them. Yeah. But I think that that is it for this week. So if you have any thoughts on the sections we have just read or the ending of the book that we're going to be talking about next week, you can email us at enterthefoldpod at gmail.com or tweet us at enterthefold. Uh, I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at InferiorCaitlin. And I'm Mandy Kay, and you can find this show and all of the other Eloquent Gushing shows at EloquentGushing.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EloquentGushing, or you can tweet at me, uh, at Mandy Kay. Pretty sure I've done this one, but I hope you weren't looking to me to be the voice of reason. I keep to a strict diet of ill-advised enthusiasm and heartfelt regret. I'm pretty sure you've done that one too, but it's good. Yeah. I added the first bit in to mix it up a bit, you know.